Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. God bless you as you quickly find your seat. I want to get to the word and we'll we'll go quickly here today. The Lord has already done miraculous things. And for many, we could leave right now. And this would have been a marvelous service but I want to just get to the word just in case amen that the omnipresent omnipotent God might have just a little bit more for us today how about that I want to read some scriptures right off the bat you can remain seated the Psalms if you want to turn to the 103rd Psalm We'll also be reading from the 12th chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow on the screen. If you don't have a Bible because you are unable to afford a Bible, we would love to help you get a Bible. We need the Word of God in our life. The psalmist writes in the 103rd Psalm and 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He continues in the 11 through 14 of the same psalm. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. And I'll just tack on Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I want to talk about that conclusion of the matter today. The word fear is used often in scripture to illustrate our relationship with the almighty God. So it is important for us to understand what this word fear means biblically, what it meant in its original context because the Hebrew word for fear that we find in these uh, uh, psalms uh, is morally reverent, to be morally reverent, to honor God, to keep his covenant, to be obedient to him. This is what the Bible means when we are to fear the Lord. We got to be careful that we don't bring our own context of the word into the equation. The Bible is asking us that we need to honor God because he is God. 
The Bible is simply saying we need to listen to what he says because he knows what he's talking about and we ought to do what he tells us to do because he understands more than we understand and he knows more than we know. And so this word fear means to be morally reverent and to honor him, to keep his covenant. The, the sphere is expounded upon in the verse uh, 103 and 18 which says to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them those are the people that the psalmist said are the ones who fear God they are illustrated by their actions and their activity if you fear God you can say I fear God you can say that I live my life in that way but unless we keep his covenant unless we remember his commandments and we do them we are not amongst those who could actually honestly say I'm living my life in a way that is morally reverent and obedient to God so God is asking that of us this is what the creator of the universe is wanting from us this is what our creator who became our savior at calvary is simply uh, uh, putting in front of us as a way to live our lives that we would fear the lord i know that we live in what feels like a lawless and rebellious time and it's not hard to see that humanity makes mistakes on a regular basis and there will always Hear me this morning, there is always going to be plenty to shout and scream about when you expect humanity outside of God to do the right thing. When you expect humanity that does not honor God, does not serve God, does not love God to do the right thing, you're going to be constantly wanting to shout and scream at someone over something. But God is not asking us to submit ourselves to any random person who comes along in our life. God, first and foremost, is asking us to submit our lives to Him. Oh, hallelujah. He's asking us to surrender to him, to lay ourselves down, hallelujah, before his throne and honor him as the God of all things, the one who first loved us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us, the one who gave his only begotten son. So because it was not his will that any should perish, the one who endured the cross, despising the shame for my sins, hallelujah, and my iniquities and so I need you to hear me today when your flesh is ramping up to push back against the authority and to fight back against who you think you need to fight back against you better make sure you're not mistaking God for man or man for God numbers 23 and 19 God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken? And shall he not make it good? When God speaks, it happens the way he spoke for it to happen. God never has to apologize because he made a mistake. He never has to come hat in hand and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was doing. Everything God declares comes to pass, and it comes to pass, and it is right. Whatever he says, he will make it good 
good today. Oh, God, help somebody to hear this preacher today. Whatever God says, uh, he's going to make it good in your life. Whatever promise he's spoken into your spirit, he's not just talking to hear himself talk. He's talking as the almighty God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Oh, I wish you would all clap your hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. If we're working to trip him up so that we can call him out, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If we're looking to rile him up so that he will overreact, it's not going to happen. You don't push God's buttons. Ha. Huh. God is not a man. And we ought to be thankful for that. Because what we need, man can't do. Oh, hallelujah. What we need, man has no answer for. The frustration that we feel in this country is because we're searching for answers and we're looking for people to find the answers when only God can give us the answers. We're looking for finite beings to come through for us when only the infinite God of wisdom and power is able to come through for us. God is not a man. So I want us to know today that God, one that holds the world in his hands, the God that gives and takes away by his will and wisdom. This is the same God that the psalmist said in 103.8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You see, the Lord placed in my heart this week to tell someone who is struggling to quit trying to do what you can't do. And start calling out to Jesus. And let him help you today. And so I'm going to say it again. Quit trying to do what you can't do. But cry out to Jesus. But cry out to Jesus. You're believing that God is mad at you. And that he has no interest in helping you. You're believing that God is fed up with you. And is done trying to save you. And so I will read it again. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. And plenteous in mercy. The thing that you and I need to make sure of is that we are striving to become morally reverent of our God. That we are working in our lives to try to please the Lord. That we keep fearing Him by remembering who He is and what He's already done and what He is capable of doing that we keep working at living our lives in a way that honors his love for us 
and his love that he has expressed towards us. I understand that we are not perfect. I understand that we make mistakes. We understand this. We need to understand that God understands this. The question is not, are you perfect? The question is, are you trying to honor God? The question is, are you remembering that you need to be morally reverent? Are you thinking and considering your activity, your actions, your thoughts, your words? Are you considering how those things would be perceived by God, witnessed by God? God is righteous. He is a just God, it means. He is a lawful God. That he will not break his own word because he is his word. He is not bound to be merciful unto us if we couldn't care less about him. That's not what the Bible teaches us. That's not what the scripture says. He is not bound to be merciful and to do everything for us if we couldn't care less about him. He is not forced to be merciful to those who reject him or deny him or denounce him. His love is proven. Hallelujah. And his love is present. And if you've been in this place at all this morning, you know that there is a God. And you've already felt that his love is real, but he will not override our will so that we can receive his love. He is not going to force you to love him today. He is not going to force you to repent today. He is not going to force you to say, Lord, I need more of you in my life today. He is not bound by his word to override your will to make you love him. Hallelujah. He already proved that while we were yet sinners, he first loved us and he paid the price and he's been paying the price and proving his love every day since. He's not the one that needs to show us anything to those who honor him to those who fear him it says that his mercy is as high as the heavens above the earth his mercy is as high as the heavens above the earth but you need to look you have to don't forget the, the scripture don't forget what it says it's that applies to those who Fear him. It's not a universal thing. It applies to those who fear him, who honor him, who love him. Oh, hallelujah. So when we work to honor the Lord, he knows that we're not always going to succeed. And so the verse that really jumped out at me this week and started me on this, was 13 and 14 of the 103rd Psalm. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. And this is it. Look at this. He remembereth that we are dust. Oh. 
See, part of the problem that we're having right now in humanity is that we've forgotten that we're dust. We have entered a period of time in our humanity that is not new. It's actually a repeat of human history. If you study history, if you just even read the, the Bible, every once in a while, humanity thinks we're just a lot smarter than we are. Every once in a while, we think we can do things that we can't do and achieve things that we can't achieve and fix things that we can't fix. And so we start trying to do things because we're so smart and we end up making things worse. And that's all throughout human history. It's all throughout human history. When we forget that we are just dust. But this is what's so wonderful about our God. No matter how we act, Put all the degrees on the wall. You get all the followers. You get all empowered. You get all rich. You get all powerful. He still remembers our frame. He still remembers that we are dust. Oh, hallelujah. Pitieth in Hebrew. It means that he loves with a compassionate love. Like as a father loves with a compassionate love for his children, so the Lord loves with a compassionate love towards them that fear him. It's compassion. It's compassion. And, and, and I feel in my spirit today that, that there's some people struggling in this place with the idea of compassion from God. And the reason why we struggle with the idea of a compassionate God today is because we have lost much of the idea of compassion for one another. Hmm. You didn't say a lot of amens on that one, did you? Here are some synonyms for compassionate. I want you to think, are we doing better or worse in these areas as a people today, as a culture today? Sympathetic, understanding, caring, concerned, tender-hearted, tolerant, merciful. See, the reason why you're struggling with a compassionate God is because we're not even compassionate to each other. It's hard for us to think of a compassionate God when I can't even think of a compassionate neighbor. When it feels like I don't even know what it means to have a compassionate co-worker, tender-hearted, concerned, tolerant, merciful and so our struggles with one another are interfering with our relationship and with god is the spotlight bright enough can we see the devil's handiwork yet 
Can we see the point of it all? If I hate you, I can't love God. If all I want to do is yell and scream at you, I can't go to prayer with God. Oh, hallelujah. If everybody around me is my enemy, then I can't have a real relationship with God because God remembers when he knelt down in the dust of the earth and he formed man because God still remembers when he breathed into man and man became a living soul. He still remembers that we came from dust. He hasn't forgotten who we are. And when I treat you like junk or I get treated like junk, I can't have a relationship with a God who says I have a compassionate love for those who fear me I've got a compassionate love for those who would live for me he loves with a compassionate love one commentator said it like this God is a father to those that fear him and, and he owns them as his children and he is tender towards them as a father The father pities his children that are weak in knowledge and instructs them. He pities them when they are difficult and he hears, or he bears with them. He pities them when they are sick and he comforts them. He pities them who have fallen and he helps them up again. He pities them when they have offended and upon their submission he forgives them. He pities them when they are wronged and he gives them remedy. Thus the Lord pities those that fear him do you see you see what is being pointed out here it's not just about who god is but it's about what god does it's not just about what god sees in our lives it's about how he reacts to what he sees that's the difference between an acquaintance and a father hallelujah that's the difference between someone who could care less about you and someone who loves you with a compassionate love when we are weak in knowledge and we don't understand he loves us enough to ensure instruct us hallelujah when we are difficult to deal with he bears with us when we are sick he comforts us when we are fallen he helps us up again when we are offensive to others he forgives us and when we've been wronged he gives us a remedy this is the difference you gotta quit looking at god like you're looking at man you gotta quit expecting god to act the same way that humanity does because no that's not who he is that's not how he acts and that's not what he wants for those that he died for those that he compassionately loved he's got more for you than that did you hear me today if we don't fear him we don't care about anything that he has for us that he would say to us, that he would want for us. If we don't fear him, if we reject everything that he would attempt to help us with. You see, we don't, we don't like to feel weak or admit that we need anyone. So much of what is happening today is just people trying to find relevance. But our humanity thinks that if I just, it's not going to be found in our human actions. If we want God to help us today, 
We need to remember what he remembers. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Our bodies came from the dust. Our soul came from God. The Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, Genesis 2, 7, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The book of Ecclesiastes is written by King Solomon, the wise king. But in Ecclesiastes, it calls him the preacher. Ecclesiastes 1 and 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And the preacher says in Ecclesiastes 12 and 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. But that's not all that he says. He goes on to say in verse 13, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And so the preacher says in Ecclesiastes, we're dust. We came from dust. And everything that is of value to us, and everything that has purpose and reason and meaning, that all came to us by our Creator. The one who breathed into us and we became a living soul. The one who gave us eternal value. That all comes from God. Which means you're not going to get it from somewhere else or someone else. You're not going to find your value in another person. You're not going to find your purpose in another human. You're only going to find it in God. Because He gives and no one else can. And the preacher in Ecclesiastes says, we're just dust. But even though we're just dust, we're going to return to dust. But that's not all we are. The Spirit returns unto God. And so he says, you need to understand that there is a value and there is an importance and there is something that we need to be focusing on in life. The conclusion of the whole matter is we have to fear God. We have to keep his commandments. It's the whole duty of man. And so the preacher in Ecclesiastes preached it. And I'm saying it again today. It is not too hard. Hear me. It's not too hard to honor God. It's not too hard to serve him. It's not too much of him to ask us to fear him. Especially not when you consider what he has already done. What he is already doing. And what his word promises that he will do for those who fear him as the days progress. It's not too much of God to ask of us to fear him. To serve him. To love him. To honor him. So, stand with me if you would, please. So, we need to make some things right with God today. Thank you for those 
wonderful people that are sitting up close. I love you. But if I could get some help, I want to make a little bit of room here and just move that front row back. We want to create some room up here so that anybody and everybody that wants to respond can come and respond. We want you to feel safe. We want you to feel comfortable, but we want you to be able to come and spread out. you thank you now hear me everyone listen closely and then we're going to we're going to pray we need to make some things right with God today you've been lied to told that God doesn't care he's done with you he's had enough that's a lie as the heavens are above the earth so is the mercy he is merciful and compassionate with tender mercies but you got to make it right you see making it right is saying God I know I messed up but I want to honor you because I do, I do fear you. I do want to be morally reverent. I don't want to take advantage of you, God. And I'm not going to live a, my life, I'm not going to live a lie that says I can just do whatever I want. And you're obligated to save me. Because that's not what you said, God. It's not what your word says. So I want to make it right today. So we need to take the next few minutes and we need to make some things right with God to honor Him and to let Him work on us. And we need to do it and remember that He remembers our frame. He knows what we're capable of and incapable of. He knows our human weakness. He understands our frailty. But he says, I can work on that. I can work with that. God says, give me that dust. And let me show you what I can do. With dust. (laughs) The human body is the most complex thing. On the face of the earth. Still today, we do not fully understand everything that our bodies are capable of or even how they fully work. God says, I can do some pretty cool stuff with dust, but you got to remember that you're dust. Because you can't come up here and boss God around. You can't come up here with a haughty spirit and say, God, you're obligated to do this. And you can't just stand there and act like you got it all figured out and you don't need God. He can do some amazing things with dust. But we have to remember that we are dust. The conclusion of the matter. 
fear God. I want us to lift our hands. I want us to begin to talk to the Lord. Close your eyes, if you would, please. Let's not worry about anyone around us right now. I want you to just begin to talk to the Lord. I know we've already had a powerful move of God in this service, but I know in my spirit that God is speaking to hearts and there are some, there's some unfinished business. God's got some unfinished business for this service before you leave today. He's got some unfinished business that he wants to do. And if we will let him, he's going to do a quick work. And so I'm going to invite you now to come and pray. And I'm inviting everyone, I'm inviting everyone to come and pray. And find a place and respond to God and begin to make some things right. God bless you. Thank you for stepping out quickly. Thank you. God bless you. And begin to talk to the Lord. Begin to make some things right. Come on quickly. If you have to push past somebody to come forward, that's perfectly acceptable in our church. Just say, hey, can I get by? I need to go pray. You want to ask somebody around you to pray with you? Say, hey, you want to go with me to pray today? I need to go talk to the Lord a little bit. I need to. I need to let God work on me a little bit today. Come on, quickly, 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 quickly. Press in close so people can come in behind you. We've got time for this. Press in close. Come on, quickly. Ask the person next to you if they want to come with you. See if they want to go pray together. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.